today on The Right Fit. I do think that your fans matter. It's not the most important factor, but it's a factor. Here's why. They're investing in your program. They're buying tickets. They're watching on TV. They're emotionally invested in the program. I mean, for anybody who says fans don't matter, to me, they truly don't. They're not representing their institution the right way because our fans do matter to me. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Search Firm. Rising Coaches has become one of the most trusted names in college basketball since 2010. And now they're helping you hire your coach. Whether you're an athletic director looking to hire a head coach or you're a head coach looking to fill your staff, call Rising Coaches and we can help. Step one, we have a consultation and figure out exactly what it is that you're looking for. What characteristics do you want them to have? What values? What experiences? Then we go out vet, identify, and recruit those candidates that fit your needs. We bring you the results, you narrow down the field, job interviews, and then make the hire that makes you proud. Let us help. Let us handle all the calls, all the emails, all the texts that you get referring you names. Give them to us. We'll do the research and bring it right back to you. I know what you're thinking. We can't afford to use a search firm. We've never used a search firm to make a hire. That's why Rising Coaches has selected a price point that's affordable for everybody. Small colleges, small schools, even big schools that don't want to spend thousands of dollars on a hire. For more information, visit us at risingcoaches.com slash search dash firm. Thanks for listening to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Adam Gordon. Today we're joined by Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen. John Cohen became athletic director in 2016. Before that, he had a long storied career as Mississippi State's baseball coach, leading their program to several College World Series, including a national championship runner-up in 2013, and he capped off his career in 2016 with an SEC championship and an SEC Coach of the Year award. I asked John, was being an athletic director always the goal, even during those many years in the dugout? Yeah, you know, it's something I really wanted to do. Although, you know, as a kid, it, it sounds great. You know, hey, I want to be an athletic director. As a kid, you really don't know what that is, Adam. You just, <laughs> you think it's one thing as a kid. And then, of course, you know, we all become adults. Hopefully you become an adult and uh, you, you realize that it's quite something else. But I've, I've been really privileged. It's something that I've always wanted to do. I've had a lot of mentors who are athletic directors. I think that was a big part of it as well. You know, uh, the Mitch Barnhart, Jeremy Foley's, uh, Scott Strickland, Greg Byrne, uh, Joe Castiglione, you know, Greg Burke at, uh, at uh, Northwestern Louisiana. So I've, I've just had a lot of mentors uh, who, who I thought a lot of who were my athletic directors. What's some of the best advice uh, from any of those people that you mentioned or anyone else as you got ready to step into that role? Well, I think it's true of any leadership type role. You know, you, you are in an emotional business and you can't get emotional. Um, we all know what fan is short for. Um, you, you, you can't become fanatical about anything as a leader. You have to decipher information. You have to make decisions. They can't be knee jerk. 
a lot of thought has to go into it, a lot of preparation. Um, everything's about a process. Um, and, and really, I mean, that's not just being an athletic director. Certainly that's, that's any type of leadership position anywhere. Yeah, and you get a lot of uh, firsthand experience with that uh, as a coach uh, in the dugout, in your case, or on the sidelines. Um, going into, you know, some of the hires that you made at Mississippi State, how much do you, as a former coach, covet head coaching experience? Um, I think that's, I think it's important. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. Um, and, and to be truthful with you, Adam, I, I you know, every institution is different. And here's what I mean by that. Um, when I was hired at Mississippi State, I think it was, uh, my first season was in 2009, came in in the fall of 2008. Um, I, I, to my knowledge, I was the first um, sitting head coach from a Power Five institution uh, to come to Mississippi State as a head coach. So um, that, hadn't, that hadn't happened a lot at, at Mississippi State University in any sports. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is Mississippi State's made a lot of hires in its 100-plus year history of uh, intercollegiate athletics of, um, of folks who are not sitting experienced Power Five institution coaches. So um, at other institutions, I think it's something that's probably happened a lot more than what has happened here. But uh, I, I think, uh, again, as you evaluate your situation, um, you know, I mean, of, of, of course, would you want to hire somebody who has 20 years of head coaching experience in that sport who's been a national coach of the year, won national, national championships? Of course you would. You know, the, the question is, what's available to your institution? And, and what's best for your institution. And, and you have a track record of, of hiring first-time head coaches. What qualities are you looking for, or what do you need to see from a, a candidate to get you over that hump of somebody who has no head coaching experience? Man, Adam, I mean, that's we could talk for days about this, uh, and, it's, and, and there are no wrong or right answers about it. It's something I talk a lot about with my friends who are in the business. Um, yeah, obviously you, you got to do a background check and make sure there's no, you know, behavioral issues with a candidate. Um, you know, there's what I call an edge factor, the intensity of that person, what they can, you know, and, and the aura in which they, they have around other people, you know, a discipline factor, what kind of discipline have they been able to instill in their players and their staff? In the history, do, do they have the ability to hire an SEC staff, an SEC caliber staff? They don't have to be SEC guys, but it has to be an S, a staff of an SEC caliber. Um, what's their recruiting prowess? You know, what is their, their track record there? Are they, are they a really creative recruiter? Because you, if you're not going to get the best of the best of the best all the time, and there are very few institutions that can, you've got to be really creative. Um, what's your process? Are you somebody who try, <clears throat> tries to get early commitments? You try, are you somebody who, you know, um, wants to wait as long as they can to evaluate as long as they can? What's the, the history of that coaching student-athlete development, both on and off the field? What coaching tree do they come from? Do they have a coaching tree that they have created themselves? Are they char charismatic? We all know that, that great leaders 
have charisma. I think that's important. What is their feelings on strength and conditioning? Do they have an institutional knowledge of, of your place? Um, is there an SEC or a Southern Geographic background? Um, how do they deal with the media? How, how are they with the relationship part of your, your fan base? Um, is there a willingness to go out in public and, and, and get to meet your fans? Is there a history of uh, philanthropy? I mean, are, are they philanthropic? Do they, are they, do they do charitable deeds? Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on. What's your social media presence? What, are the, what have been their moments in their career? What championships have they won? Uh, what records have they broken? What awards have they won? Um, when did the world notice them as, as a coach? Um, what's their family background and family structure? Uh, do they have an interest in other sports? Did they coach other sports? Um, do they have a mentality of we need something because others have it? You know, that's something that I've always been really important to me is I, I, I'm just really, you know, if you have a, a bunch of coaches at a place who simply say they need something just because others have it, you know, that's not necessarily what's in the best interest of, of our institution. You know, does this person have a history of doing more with less? And, and does this person present well? You know, can they walk into somebody's home and present their institution well um, and, and what they're trying to do with their program well? So I, I just listed to you about 24 different <laughs> yeah, qualities. No, that, um, and and it, it's something we take seriously every time we hire somebody. No, that was a lot of great stuff and a lot of great information to digest. Uh, you mentioned, and obviously there's so much more into being a head coach than just coaching your sport. Um, there's, you know, being an ambassador to your school, engaging in the community, uh, there's fundraising. How much, uh, do you look at that versus their ability to actually coach, uh, and develop student athletes? Well, that's, that's critical. You know, that, that's one of the big three to me. The, the biggest three is the ability to recruit. Um, the, the, the second is the ability to develop, uh, athletes, and make them better at their craft. And the third thing is for them to be able to develop them as people and as students. So if we can do those three things, then, then uh, I think they have a chance to be successful. Um, now that you're on the other side and, and in administration, what advice would you go back and give coaches now in terms of dealing with uh, administration, athletic directors, you know, being mindful of what they ask for? Um, or, or even what advice would you give yourself now that you've sat in the other office? Well, I, I think the one bit of advice that I always give young kids who want to break into either coaching or the administrative side of it is this. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, it's kind of like that old movie with Billy Crystal where he becomes a cowboy and I can't remember the name of it. Oh, City Slickers. That. City Slickers, right? So the old cowboy, and I can't remember his name either. He's a Palins, Jack Palins. Yep. Says, you know, hey, what's the key to life? And Jack Palins says one thing, and he goes, well, what is that one thing? And he says, well, that's what you got to find out. And I, I try and tell all the young people who want to get in this business, hey, let, let's just be really, really good at one thing, because if you can become an expert. Or, or become one of the very best at just one thing. So 
if I'm a basketball coach, like I'm the defensive guru, um, I'm the best defense. In fact, you know, our, our women's basketball coach at Mississippi State was the secretary of defense. He was known na- nationally as the defensive guy. He was an expert on the defensive end of, of women's basketball. Well, that morphed into other things, other responsibilities to say, wow, if he can do that one thing really well, what if we give him a little more responsibility in this area, that area? But that's where it all starts because if you're not an expert at one thing, if you're not outstanding in one area, you know, you don't want to hire somebody who's just okay in four or five areas. You, if you feel like they can be outstanding in one area, there's a chance they can become outstanding in two areas. Um, and I think, I think that's the one thing that's, that's missed, you know, um, in, in, in coaching and on the administrative side, people say, I want to be an athletic director. Okay. Well, tell me, tell me what the root of this is. Are, are you the outstanding media relations person? Are you the outstanding fundraiser? Are you the outstanding marketer? Are you the outstanding, uh, CFO type? Are you, the outstanding uh, strength and conditioning and sports medicine person. Um, there, there's several branches of this, and, and you need to be really, really efficient. One, the, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, he was considered the compliance guru in the, in the entire country before he was hired to be the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, that's great advice. So, so often people try to you know, you want to be good at everything, but, you know, by just focusing in on one thing first is really, really valuable. Um, you mentioned earlier, of course, you'd want to, if, if you're going into a hiring process and, and there's a coach who, who's got a tremendous resume, of course, you'd want that. How often do you go into coaching searches, you know, knowing exactly what you're looking for versus seeing what's available and what's out there? Um, again, what you're really balancing is what you need at your institution, you know, because what's right for Mississippi state might be different than what's right for, you know, the university of Texas. Um, you know, it's very, very, each job is different in their own way. I, I can tell you, I was the head baseball coach at Mississippi state and baseball. That is a different job. They're very, very specific requirements for that job. And just a part of that is, is knowing the game. You know, there are other things you have to know and other thing, many other things you're responsible for. So um, I think that's issue number one is, is that it's got to be the right fit for your institution. Um, but, but I also think that um, when, when you're on a search, you, you just don't, you can't leave it up to a two or three hour conversation that you have with a candidate. And you really have to call a circle around a candidate, meaning former players, coaches that, you know, that have been part of the tree, coaches who have coached against them, administrators from, uh, from the institutions they've been a part of. I mean, you really have to do a detailed search and, you know, you, you need to find someone who's going to be willing to p- poke holes at a candidate for you to truly get a feel for if this person is right or wrong. Do you take on that process by yourself? You use the resources around you. Have you ever used a search firm? Um, how does that process actually work for you? 
Well, I think everybody uses a search firm just because the search firm enables you to have a background check done as quickly as possible on the candidates that you're interested in. Uh, the other thing that a search firm can do is the search firm has the ability to set up interviews for you so you don't have to do it yourself. And of course, when you, when you are searching for a coach, you're not necessarily secretive, but you don't want the whole world to know who you're talking to all the time. And a search firm allow, gives you a venue to, uh, to meet with people in, in you know, undisclosed areas and, and have them work out those, those types of details. Um, so I, we don't use a search firm to say, hey, here's who we think who the candidates would be. In fact, this last time we used a search firm and, you know, they had basically nothing to do with the candidates. They were just a vehicle for us to be able to go through the process. Um, how much do you take into account, you know, the fan base and, and, you know, winning the press conference when you make hires? Yeah. I mean, you know, the press conference lasts for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, <laughs> the football season lasts for ever. Every one of those games is forever. So, um, yeah, the press conference is it important. I, I, I do think that your fans matter. It's not the most important factor, but it's a factor. Here's why. They're investing in your program. They're buying tickets. They're watching on TV. They're emotionally invested in the program. I mean, for anybody who says fans don't matter, to me, they truly don't. They're not representing their institution the right way because our fans do matter to me. I, I'm one of them. I went to school or institution. Um, I feel like this is a family. I do know this because I come from a fairly large family. I have three sisters and a you know, mother and a father. We, families don't always get along all the time. You know, things aren't always perfect with a family, but you hope that in your family there's a line of communication and that if there are issues, you can work through them. So, um, yeah, I mean, are the fans the most important factor and is winning the press conference the most important factor? Absolutely not. Is it a factor? Of course it is. Of course it is. And anybody who says it differently, I, you know, I would disagree with that just because, um, you know, there is a respect level that has to happen with, with fans, with your alumni, with uh, uh, the people in your town, the people in your state. I mean, all of that is part of being a family. John, how do you know when it's time to part ways with a coach and, and change the direction of a program? That's really simple. So of all the questions you've asked, <laughs> um, that's really simple. Now, getting the answers aren't really simple, but the process for me is really simple. I have to believe that the kids are getting better. I have to believe that they're getting better as people. And part of that is living a disciplined, organized life, uh, a responsible life, a life in which you're giving back to your community. I have to believe that they're getting better in that area. I have to believe they're getting better academically. And I have to believe that they're getting better as an athlete. Um, I have to believe those three things for us to, you know, to, to continue down the path with, with the coach. Um, that's, that's really important to me. And, and listen, I, I will say this, um, and I mean this, 
Uh, three years ago, Dan Mullen, who's our football coach at Michigan State, we're, we're four and seven heading to Ole Miss, and we beat Ole Miss in the last game of the season to go five and seven. I thought that Dan and his staff, I really felt like that was one of the best coaching jobs that Dan and his staff had, had done at Michigan State. And they had won 10 games in a season before. But is, is, I felt it was one of their best coaching jobs because they made kids, some really young kids, grow up in a hurry. Um, I thought they showed improvement during the course of the year, and I thought we just kept getting better as the year went on. Um, so it's not always about the, the wins and losses. We have an expectation to win. We want to win championships. We want to compete in everything that, that we do. Um, but at the same time, if I can put my head on the pillow every night and believe our student athletes are getting better in every phase, um, then that's all that really matters to me because everything else is going to take care of itself. All right, John, last question before I let you go. Um, what, what is the best lesson that you've learned uh, over the course of your career, uh, whether it's uh, as a coach or an athletic director, uh, from a failure, uh, either a loss or, or anything? I think the biggest thing is it's, it's the old cliche, you know, you can't judge a, a book by its cover. Um, every mistake I've ever made, almost every mistake I've ever made, and there, there have been several, have been because, you know, I, I have made a judgment about something before I did the amount of research that I needed to do to make sure I got it right. So in other words, whether I'm reading a swing from a recruit or pitching delivery, um, or making a judgment on somebody just by having a simple conversation, you have to just keep digging deeper. Um, you know, my, my father used to tell me all the time that the difference between being a child and being an adult is that the adult realizes something can go wrong. Um, the, the kid, there's an assumption that nothing's ever going to go wrong because they're protected in some way. Um, and I think as an adult, when you realize things can go wrong, you have to keep at digging. You got to keep asking more questions. You got to keep doing more re research. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's just pivotal. If, when you're buying a car or hiring someone or making a decision what you're going to put in your body, I mean, you, you have to dig a little deeper to find out uh, what's going to work for, for you or what's going to work for your organization or your business or whatever, whatever it is. Is, is speed of a decision of, important to you? Um, it depends on if the speed of the process can hurt your institution. So, um, you know, kids not knowing who their coach is going to be, kids not um, progressing or not being able to do their work in the classroom or on the field or whatever um, because they don't have a leader and you haven't hired somebody. Yes, I would say, you know, there, there's, there's a sense of urgency there when your kids are kind of dangling and waiting for their next leader. Um, but at the same time, the most important thing is being thoughtful and thorough. And, and sometimes that takes a little more time. John, thank you so much for your time. That was great. Yeah, thank you, Adam.
Thanks for listening to the Right Fit Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you did, please write us a review on iTunes. We're a new podcast. We need those reviews so that we can get more exposure and let more people benefit from these conversations. Also, please check out our website, risingcoaches.com, where you can find more information on our search firm, our membership, and the community that we've built in the basketball coaching world.